Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. What is up, everybody? This is uh, Jeff Morton with another CSG special. This one uh, is the big one. This is, uh, well, the big one as we get into uh, what became the 2008-2009 Denver Nuggets Western Conference Finals season. And uh, obviously, I'm referring to the trade that completely changed the culture and the dynamics of the Denver Nuggets. Uh, And I'm referring to the trade of Allen Iverson to Detroit for Chauncey Billups and Antonio McDice. But we'll get to the McDice part at the end of this podcast. To give you a little bit of background about what was going on at the time, uh, we had a situation in Denver where Mark Warkentine, Rex Chapman, and uh, Brett Barrup, but mostly, the most of the credit that, does, that, that goes with this is Mark Warkentine, um, had a, an eye on Allen Iverson. Now, one of the reasons Allen Iverson was traded for in 2006 was because Mello uh, was, as we all remember, was about to serve a 15-game suspension. Uh, for um, slapping um, <laughs> in that brawl and quote unquote brawl in New York, that was more of a, I said a very a slap fight. Um, the he came on board because there was a feeling, and everyone will deny this, but everyone knows this is true. One of the reasons Allen Iverson, and probably the main reason he was traded for, was because Mello was out, and there was a feeling that the Nuggets were going to collapse. Um, in the rest of that season. Uh, and Iverson ends up being traded for, um, and it was a move to salvage the season. That was a mainly a Rex Chapman endeavor. Um, and when it comes to Chauncey Billups, the setup to this was Mark Workentine and uh, to a little, to a, a lot smaller extent, uh, Brett Barrett had their eye on Alvin Iverson and had seen him diminish in skills. And it was a, it was a, it was a view that wasn't largely either shared or known by the greater NBA public. Now that, keep in mind this 2008, this is in the days where, um, no preseason games were televised. None. Uh, and they were playing games in Edmonton and, and things. And I believe, actually, that year the Nuggets played a preseason game in Edmonton. Um, 
they it, it was a the NBA would take that time to do NBA games in extremely small markets. I remember a lot of times in the eighties the Nuggets would go to Iowa. Um, I think even once they did a McDonald's tournament in Rome, uh, I believe in '89. So that is basically very much during that era where really preseason games were not televised. Maybe the odd warm-up national TV game, maybe one. But it wasn't what it is now, not nearly to that extent. So if you if you can see that a player... It, it was very important to have scouts and to see a player's skills diminish or accelerate. And the Nuggets brass, particularly Mark Morgenthane, had seen Iverson's skills kind of... It really wasn't evident at the end of the 2007-2008 season, but it really became evident in the preseason. And something needed to be done. Kind of move over to Joe Dumars of the Detroit Pistons. Long having rued the day that he uh, chose Darko Milicic over um, Carmelo Anthony in the 2003 NBA draft, uh, had a long pursuit, and this was a pursuit that went on for almost two years, back to when Melo signed his uh, second contract. Um, Joe Dumars was really, really wanting to re to, have, to to make that mistake go away, basically, and was really wanting to acquire Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and this was brought to the attention of Mark Workentine, who heard the tra- the multiple times Joe Dumars came to uh, to the Nuggets with an offer and rejected them all. Waited and waited and waited, and it really heated up in 2007. Uh, in 2007, there was uh, consistent issues between George Carl and Carmelo Anthony. It had become a uh, fractious relationship. Melo had some very famous public missteps. Uh, the whole, and people in Denver will remember the whole hold my weed thing. The <laughs> um, so it was, this is pre-legalization of marijuana in, in Denver, by the way. So uh, just keep, keep, that in, keep that in context. So the, so the Nuggets were kind of watching uh, this half unfold with uh, Allen Iverson. And finally, uh, in the preseason of 2007, uh, approaches were made to get a deal done, but not for Carmelo Anthony. It was done to get uh, a, a, a different kind of deal for Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson's deal in 2008-2009 was an expiring deal. It was an expiring contract. And that expiring deal, in, particularly in those days in the NBA, became very valuable. Um, uh, expiring contracts were, were great to clear cap space, particularly if you saw yourself as a contending team. And the Detroit Pistons of 2000, basically 2003 to 2008, were a uh, Eastern Conference juggernaut. Um, they went to five, let's see, three, four, five, um, I believe it was six straight, five or six straight conference finals, went to two finals, won a championship in 2004, 
And uh, it just were one of those teams that was always in the mix every single year. You'd be it with Rick Carlisle, be it with Larry Brown, be it with uh, Flip Saunders. They were always there. Uh, it was because they had a very strong, strong core and strong leadership. And the Nuggets going into that season were worried that they had a, had a vacuum, a large vacuum, a, a leadership hole, if you will. And that hole became even more noticeable as the Nuggets started the season one and two. Um, and Iverson was beginning to really show his diminished skill set. And it was decided uh, after the third game of the season that a deal should go down. And it came out suddenly, I think, that there was zero build-up to this trade. Uh, as someone who was around at the time, let me tell you, uh, it was a trade that for the rest of us schlubs and, you know, who, who just... At that time, it was about a year before I started actively covering the Nuggets. But I was, you know, I, I, like everyone else, I was, I was actively um, participating in uh, uh, Denver Stiffs at that time. It was the merged blog that came together between pickaxe and roll of Nate Timmons site at the time and Andy Feinstein's Denver stiffs. And they both merged under the Denver stiff banner under SB nation. So I had taken my comments from pickaxe and roll and, uh, and, uh, firegeorgecarl.com slash Denver stiffs. And just, it was all under one site at that point, writing fan posts and, and really, uh, just actively participating in, what became a magical season, but at the beginning of that time, no one knew, and I had any inkling that this trade was about to go down because most people figured that Allen Iverson's contract was going to be borderline untradeable. Um, I believe he was making about twenty million, and uh, yeah, I know that in in now in now terms that that money is paltry, but think of it back then, the cap was about fifty million, roughly. And you had someone taking up that much of your, your, your cap. Uh, the Nuggets were over the cap, but they were under the luxury tax after they had traded um, Kenya Martin. So, not Kenya Martin, sorry. Marcus Camby. I just turned 40, that is my excuse. So, anyway, this trade comes down. Nuggets send out Allen Iverson. Uh, and they get back in return. Chauncey Billups... Uh, and a player that I cannot remember, and uh, Antonio McDice, former Nugget, uh, spent about six, seven years on the Nuggets in two different stints with a year break in between the two stints, uh, and was famously traded in 2002 uh, in a one of the bo- in one of the better trades of the Kiki Vandaway uh, era, uh, where he managed to get um, uh, a great return for. Uh, uh, Antonio McDice, that, that return included uh, Nene, um, that, the, the draft pick that was Nene. Um, but Antonio McDice was a different story. Like I said, I will address that at the very end of this. It won't be long, but I'll address that at the end of this. Chauncey Billups coming back home was huge. For those that don't remember, Chauncey Billups did play on the Denver Nuggets uh, his second season in the NBA. Uh, he was drafted by Rick Pitino in Boston in 1998, uh, seven, excuse me, and spent a hellacious first season with Pitino. 
Um, Patino had wanted Tim Duncan, had actively tanked the Celtics season that year to get Tim Duncan, and ended up with Chauncey, and it just was one of those you're-not-the-person-I-wanted relationships, and he actively resented him. And he was, I believe Chauncey was the third pick in the draft, and Chauncey, uh, Patino traded Chauncey midway through his rookie season, which you never see. You never see that uh, in the NBA uh, with a top, you know, top five pick. It just, it just doesn't happen. Uh, Patino traded Chauncey, and he, Chauncey ended up bouncing around a little. So he, he was traded midway through his rookie year. He came to Denver his second year in the, in the league um, and played for about a year and a half. Um, and the Chauncey Billups that played in Denver in 1999-2000 was not the player that came back in 2008. Uh, Chauncey had bounced around his first five years uh, and then ended up in a situation where he was in Minnesota, and he really credited Kevin Garnett and Sam Mitchell uh, for kind of showing him how to do it really being a, a professional. And it was from that stop in Minnesota that he really, really blossomed. And he went to Detroit and became the best point, one of the best point guards in their history behind Isaiah Thomas, uh, a leader. But the more than that, he was a leader. And that's something that the Nuggets were sorely lacking. So the Nuggets acquired Chauncey Billups after the third game of the season and immediately he changed everything about the culture of the Denver Nuggets. Everything. You know, it was uh, people don't know about Chauncey uh, at the time. Uh, and it wasn't actively reported. But Chauncey was very much active in the Denver community. Uh, never sold his home. Uh, he was always here. He came back every offseason. Even though he played in Detroit for all those years and he bounced around the league, he always stayed in Denver. Chauncey Billups is Denver. Chauncey Billups, there's no... There's no athlete in Denver. I mean, maybe now you could say with Kyle Freeland on, on, the, uh, on the Rockies. But there is no athlete that represented Denver and loved Denver as much as, Char- as Chauncey Billups. The problem was he had a bad time when he was here his first go-round, and he was a little reluctant when he got here, and he needed some coaxing to understand that he was not the same player he was at that time. And it was a completely completely different circumstance we'd be and when Chauncey came in I believe the first game they played was against the Dallas Mavericks and the Nuggets immediately looked different they looked like a completely different team they were they were a bit slower in pace uh but they were more organized um than you've ever seen in the time the Nuggets were uh, had George Carl at the helm uh, Chauncey managed through the strength of his personality and the respect that he had to immediately affect the culture and the organization of the Denver Nuggets. They all kind of respected Chauncey, which is what you need on a team that has championship aspirations, which the Nuggets suddenly did at that time. And he managed to corral uh, a what you would call a misfit bunch that had... It was on its way to developing a certain reputation in the league um, along the way. 
that was all Chauncey. Chauncey Billups became, and I think you would, you would be right in saying that the Chauncey Billups trade was among the best in Nuggets history. I would put it in the top two. Um, the Alex English, George McGinnis trade in 1979 probably is the best quote unquote trade in Nuggets history, but the, um, Chauncey Billups, uh, for Allen Iverson trade really is, uh, I, I put it at number two and I will tell you why I put it at number two. The second part of that, of that trade was Antonio McDice, uh, fame, you know, Antonio McDice, personally, I, I mean, putting my hand up saying, I, Antonio McDice is one of my favorite ever players with the Nuggets. Um, he, when he came back from Phoenix, um, after the Nuggets reacquired him, the Nuggets, he, he had a, he had developed a turnaround jump baseline jump shot that he hadn't had before. And it was really impressive, especially for that era of the NBA. You know, you rarely saw big men who were, uh, you could play both uh, center and power forward. They had the skill of, of Antonio McDice, and it was able to do that sort of thing. That in that particular, now every, they're expecting everyone to, you know, shoot threes. But back then, having a, having a power forward um, slash center who could, you know, out athletic, the uh, the big men of the front of the what was traditionally a front court was was insane, and by the time Antonio McDice got injured in two thousand one, um, where he blew his patella, patella through his his body, um, by that time he was on his way to ex- just basically keep going. One of his biggest issues, though, and, and in the, is if the, for people who were around at the time know, his nickname was McNice. He was extremely, people kind of knocked him because he didn't have a killer instinct. But on the right roll, it was amazing. Long story short, McNice pieces together his career. Uh, he goes to New York. He, miss, he essentially misses two years in a row. He got injured again, um, missed two straight seasons, and then finally was able to come back. Uh, he bounced from New York to Detroit, and it was in Detroit with the uh, Pistons that uh, McDice carved out this this role as like a super role player, a guy who could come off the bench and get you 15 points, 16 points, and play at you know good tough defense. Something that really McDice wasn't known for in Denver, but that's another story. But he had developed that in in uh, in Detroit. So he had come from that and come through that and really had carved out a really essential niche. He didn't want to come back to Denver. Part of the deal was that he was going to be bought out. Um, and that buyout was kind of part of this deal. Well, no one knew it. They didn't announce it. Um, and then it finally kind of started circulating. And it took a while for the buyout to happen. But McDice had no intention of coming back to Denver. And his issue largely was that you traded me twice. Why would I want to come back? Um, and I believe Chauncey had mentioned something like that shortly after he uh, was traded to the Nuggets. Um, you traded me twice thing. And which is, you can't blame him at that point. 
and I think that the hard feelings were uh, still there, and he had no intention of coming in. So the buyout was there. Problem is this. This trade would be the best in Nuggets history if McDice had agreed to come to the Nuggets. Because if McDice had agreed to come to the Nuggets, I have zero doubt in my mind the Nuggets would have won the championship that year. Zero. I think everyone can look at that team and see what they needed and seeing what McDice provided and said, you know what? This team would be a no-doubt championship. It would have clobbered the crap out of the Lakers that year if McDice hadn't wanted to be bought out. That is the one thing that keeps me from saying that, that the Chauncey Billups, Allen Iverson trade is the, it was the best trade. It is number two, largely because Antonio McDice just didn't want to come. And it's sad, really, because McDice is, remains one of my favorite players. And I think that he deserves more respect that he get, than he gets in Nuggets history. But that's another story. All right, well, thank you for joining me on this CSG special. Um, I will be back soon with uh, regular CSG, and uh, we'll go from there. And uh, coming up in about a month, we've got the seventh anniversary of CSG podcast. Can you believe that? Seven years. Back from the days that Nate and Ross were interviewing the likes of Gary Miller. (laughs) So uh, thank you all for joining me, and I will be talking to you soon. Goodbye.